Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to... We've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. And hello, Las Vegas. How are you all doing? I am great. My computer, not so great. It keeps freezing on me, so we'll see how this goes here today. You're listening to The Frittle Show. I am Crystal Heath. This is KVXL 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church here in Las Vegas. If you'd like to join us for church tonight, we're at 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard, and our service begins at 7 p.m. Would love to see you here. If you have questions, suggestions, comments, anything else you would like to share with us, you can always reach us, email by email. You can reach us email, but that would just be weird. You can reach us by email at radio at experienceliberty.com or by calling 702-647-4522. And if you would like to tweet me, I am on Twitter at the Frittle. Because there's, there's really only one of me. Um, the the is simply there because Frittle alone, uh, all by itself, without the the, was already taken. I think it's like some kind of waffle maker or something. Not kidding. And, and they didn't name it after me either. For those of you that were wondering that, thank you. Thank you for that thought. I appreciate that. Good news. Today is free taco day at Taco Bell. Between 2 and 6 p.m., you know where you will find me. Because I know where every Taco Bell between church and my house is located. Uh, thanks to the um, the stolen base during the uh, what do they call it? The playoffs, uh, game one or two of the World Series. Never mind. It was during the World Series, not during the 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 championship series. It was not during the championship. It was during the World Series. So. Taco Bell will be giving away free Doritos Locos tacos. Their their tacos just the shell is made out of like Dorito chips, so they're way better than just normal tacos. So from two to six p.m. today, you can go to any participating Taco Bell and get a free Doritos Locos taco, which is pretty great. It's thanks to Indians star Francisco Lindor in Game One, he stole a base. And now we get free tacos. Yes, even Cubs fans get in on the action, though it was an Indians uh, player that stole the base. No purchases necessary to get your free taco. But, but, management reserves the right to deny you service if they believe you are double dipping. And free tacos uh, are also subject to availability. So basically, if you go there at 6 and they have no more Doritos Locos taco shells left, you might be out of luck. So, between 2 and 6 p.m., see you at Taco Bell, Las Vegas. Cannot wait, because I love tacos. I actually, I like Taco Bells. Uh, Taco Bells, Taco Bell. 
Speaking of stealing bases and the World Series, the Chicago Cubs stormed out of the gate last night. I saw a couple innings at the beginning of the game. I think they were up by four by the third inning. There was a grand slam. Addison Russell hit a grand slam. Just the second youngest player uh, in World Series history to hit a grand slam. That put them up, I think it was 4-0 or 4-1 at the time that I had to run some errands, came back, watched them uh, watched them rally to win. I think it ended up 7-3. to But anyway, no, 9-3 to because they scored then towards the end. At the very end of the game, they scored some more runs. Um, so it's on to Game 7. And the only people who don't like Game 7 are either Indians fans because they wish they had won already or people that just hate all sports of all kinds because the only baseball game that is truly uh, exciting in my personal opinion is game seven of the world series unless you're there I actually really like going to baseball games themselves I find them very relaxing but watching baseball on tv I don't find particularly exciting Um, in fact the only time I happen to watch baseball on TV is if the Phillies are doing well which means that I haven't watched baseball on TV for many years of my life or it's uh, it's game 6, game 7 of the World Series and yes I'm pulling for the Cubs no I'm not a bandwagon jumper I will care nothing about the Cubs next year (laughs) the only reason I'm pulling for the Cubs is because I was in fact born in Chicago so I've always had a soft spot for the Chicago area teams if they are playing in some sport that I don't usually follow uh, I will I will go for them just because of that Chicago connection that's all and I have zero connection to Cleveland so there you go so go Cubs hope you guys win it plus they've they are they haven't won a World Series in over a hundred years. I mean, that's kind of sad. I thought it was rough being a Broncos fan there for a while. No, no, Cubs fans have had it way worse. Plus, Bill Murray just looks so old and sweet and cute uh, at these games, cheering for his Cubs. I think it would just be, it would be nice to see him get a win too, because uh, he, um, I don't, I don't think he's going to make it another hundred years if the Cubs don't win tonight game starts at 5 p.m. for those of you that are interested in watching okay uh let's see where do i want to go from here let's talk about some uh election related stuff then we will talk about um more election related stuff (laughs) uh let's start with early voting so early voting is happening here in nevada right now if you have not voted yet i would strongly strongly encourage you to get out and vote you can vote uh, early voting it's super super easy there are all kinds of hang on i'm trying to find it i have a i have a i actually keep my um my sample ballot booklet thing here in the studio for you so that i could tell you uh, where you can early vote i just didn't look it up before i got on the air i know it's in here okay so let's see. What day is it? It's the second. It's the second. All right. 
Albertsons on Ann and Simmons, Buffalo and Vegas, and Charleston and Rainbow. You can vote at all those Albertsons. You can vote at Cardenas on Bonanza and Lamb. You can vote at the Centennial Hills YMCA on Buffalo and Sky Point. You can vote at the Green Valley Library. You can vote in the Lowe's parking lot on Craig and Losey. You can vote at the Silver Mesa Recreation Center. You can vote at Sun City Mesquite. You can vote at uh, Bo- uh, the Target in Boca Park. You can vote at the UNLV Library. You can vote at the Veterans Memorial Leisure Center today off of Pavilion Center in Alta. You can vote at the Walnut Recreation Center. And you can vote at Whole Foods on Lake Mead and Tanaya. Tanaya? Yeah. Uh, most of those are open between either uh, 9 and 7 or 8 and 6 p.m. So it's pretty much the entire day. It, when I went to early vote, it took me less than five minutes. If you know who you're going to vote for, this does not take long. You should have received one of these sample ballots with everything uh, you need to know. I mean, this thing, it's, it's fantastic. It lists all of the people that will show up on your ballot, the ballot questions. I went over all of the ballot questions in detail on a past show. You can get that on SoundCloud or iTunes. That's the episode with uh, with Captain Rich Fletcher from the Northwest Metro Police. That's how it's designated on SoundCloud and iTunes. So if you have questions about the ballot measures, I don't have time to go through them again today. But you can go get that show and listen to it if you would like uh, my take and my explanation on what the various ballot measures are. Now, you only have two more days to vote early. And I'm telling you, it will take you less time to do it if you do it now than if you wait and do it next Tuesday. But regardless, make sure that you get out and vote. It's incredibly important. I really, it doesn't matter to me who you're going to vote for. Just make sure that you exercise your civic duty and you go vote. Um, over 22 million Americans have already voted. That is insane to me. So, so many people. And you know what's crazy? Um, oh, I'll get to, I'm going to have to wait for this story because my, my computer is acting up. So let me just tell you about what's happening with early voting around the United States. In Arizona, uh, more Republicans and Democrats have currently uh, voted, but it's not all good news there for the GOP. The advantage the GOP has today is about half of what it was at this point in 2012. Republicans are currently ahead of Democrats by roughly 34,000 votes, or 3.6% of the vote. Uh, at this point in 2012, Republicans were ahead by more than 62,000 votes, which was ru- almost a 10% uh, percent lead. Almost one million people have already voted in Arizona. That is insane. Like, this is amazing to me. Having grown up in a place where early voting is a completely foreign concept, this just blows my mind. And the fact that you can vote early here, I, I love it. You have no idea what it's like when everyone in your state votes on the same day. No matter what time you go, you are going to be waiting in line for a long time. Now, there is that excitement of voting on Election Day itself. I do kind of miss that, um, how everything just accumulates in this one day's event. Uh, But it's so convenient to vote early. Uh, Anyway, in Colorado... Colorado, I, I, I'm still figuring out Colorado, but apparently in Colorado, their election is conducted almost entirely by mail. So every voter is mailed a ballot. 
and they can send it in whenever they want before election day. So you can send it in the day you get it. You can wait and send it in the day before election day. I that that just blows my mind. I wonder if it helps with voter fraud though, or maybe it makes it worse because your ballot just gets stolen. I don't know. But there, uh, Democrats are edging out Republicans in terms of mailed-in ballot turnout. Uh, they're up currently about twenty-seven thousand votes, which is flopped from this time in 2012 when Republicans were leading by about 19,000 votes. Over in Georgia, they have had more than a million uh, ballots cast already, over 1,061,000 people to be precise, which is up roughly 37% from this time in 2012. Almost every state where early voting is happening, early voting is shattering records. Now, in Georgia, voters don't register with any particular party, so there's no way to judge by by exit polling or by the number of Democrats or Republicans that show up uh, what they think might be happening. Uh, The only um, thing that they can do is is by, like, race and age division, but I'm not going to get into all of that because I don't think it's as... uh, as telling as many other people might think. All right, then down to Florida, an important swing state. Republicans are in the lead in Florida's early voting by just 13,000 votes. But it's still a decent showing for the GOP there. Uh, At this point in 2008, Republicans had a 44,000 vote advantage, which meant they were ahead by about 3%. But even with that advantage in the early vote, it wasn't enough for John McCain to carry the Sunshine State. So we'll see. Florida currently leads the nation in terms of early turnout with almost 3 million ballots already cast. Again, amazing to me. And if you have the opportunity to to vote early, go and do it. In Iowa... Another uh, different states and the way we function just amazes me. The fact that our country is able to operate uh, together as the United States is amazing because if you look at different states, are each state is so incredibly unique. Not only in 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 who we are and what we grow and what our industries are and and how we educate and how we run our our local and state governments, but in how they vote and just. It's incredible to me. But Iowans, in Iowa, they've been voting since September. Since September. And uh, Republicans are actually doing quite well in Iowa. Uh, Democrats are winning the turnout battle, currently ahead of Republicans by about 39,000 votes, which would make you think, oh, well, that's horrible news for Donald Trump. Not necessarily, because at this point in 2012, Democrats were ahead by 56,000 votes. And the Democratic lead is shrinking consistently. They were up about 16% a week ago, but are down to just 10% now. So it's possible that Trump could flip Iowa to red this year, and he's going to need to do that if he's going to have a victory Tuesday night. In Nevada, here in our state, Democrats continue to hold the lead. Uh, It's about 26,000 votes advantage to the Democrats, um, which is good news for them because in addition to the presidential race here, of course, we have very competitive uh, uh, Senate race with... um, with uh, Dr. Joe Heck and Catherine Cortez Masto. And then we have house seats up for grabs as well. Very, very important. Again, if you are in Nevada, 
your vote is so incredibly important, not just for president. And I would argue and have argued in the past that it is even more important who you vote for down ballot than who you vote for for president. So please do not sit this out. Please get educated and go vote for the people that you believe most align with your values and will do what is best uh, for this country and uh, preserve and protect our Constitution. Over in North Carolina... Democrats' advantage in early voting continues. They're up by uh, nearly 200,000 votes, which gives them a 15% lead over registered Republicans. But it is the smallest lead as a percentage of the vote that Democrats have seen since early voting uh, began in late October. So we'll see what happens there. More than 6 in 10 voters in North Carolina cast early ballots in 2012. More than 6 in 10. Over 60% of people in North Carolina voted early. And the last one we'll look at is Ohio. Uh, Ohio is essentially landed in the must-win column for Trump. Unless he were to carry Pennsylvania somehow, then it would be all right if he lost Ohio. Uh, Really, what would would be ideal for him is if he could manage a way to win both Ohio and Pennsylvania. That would give him a cushion where he could lose states uh, like Iowa and Nevada. And uh, and that could really uh, throw predictions into a into a tizzy, if you will. If he if he could pull out a win in Pennsylvania, that would be amazing. And I believe, personally, that uh, Mitt Romney could have won Pennsylvania last time around if they had invested in the state earlier than they did. I mean, Romney showed up in Pennsylvania about a week before the election, and that's when they started focusing on Pennsylvania because they realized, oh my goodness, Pennsylvania is actually competitive. And I fear that the Trump campaign will do the same, that they will not recognize it, that Pennsylvania is competitive until it's too late for them to push it over the top. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Republicans currently have the lead in Ohio. Registered Republicans are up by about 40,000 votes, which is an improvement from their position in 2008. Uh, About one-third of Ohioans voted early in 2012. That number is actually on track to be lower this year. A likely result of the Republican-led legislature scaling back the number of early voting days. So it's not necessarily uh, that Iowa isn't breaking records because uh, Ohioans aren't uh, interested in voting early. It's that they simply have less days in which to show up to vote early. Uh, So we'll see how turnout ends up being there and how influential that is on the results of the election. All right. We are going to look at, uh, in Cali- uh, California, Colorado, there is a ballot measure that I want to talk about when we get back. We're going to talk about uh, Pastor Saeed Abedini, a story about him that has recently come out that I think you m- will be interested in hearing about. Uh, but first, let's see, we are going to play One Thing Remains. This is David Wesley. He's an acapella artist. You can find his works on iTunes um, and at his, uh, uh, he, and YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> iTunes and YouTube. Really is just a fantastic acapella artist and uh, appreciate him allowing us to use his music here on KVXL. You're listening to 101.1 FM. This is One Thing Remains from David Wesley. We'll be back in just a minute, and we will continue talking about some stuff that you should know about headed into next week's election. Don't go away. And welcome back. You're listening to The Frittle Show. This is KVXL 101.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio in Las Vegas. Encouraging you to get out and vote early. You have today, tomorrow, and Friday, if you are here in Nevada, to go and vote early. Do it. Get it done. 
It will it will free up your Tuesday. And I guarantee, I give you my personal guarantee with um, no refunds or anything like that available, that if you go and vote early, it will take you less time than if you wait and vote on Tuesday. I have no data whatsoever to back that up, except my own personal opinion. So there you have it. Now, in encouraging you to go and vote early, I did want to mention this. Uh, you may have seen friends or, or family or celebrities or whoever else posting pictures with their ballots uh, on their social media accounts. They're called ballot selfies. And... Because we are a republic made up of different states where each state is capable of making its own laws, uh, what may be allowed for your friend in uh, Hawaii or Idaho or Connecticut may not be allowed for you. So, uh, if you are in Nevada, the law states that you may not, repeat, may not share a photo of your ballot with anyone. Photos inside polling places are not allowed in Nevada, except by the media, which is just bizarre to me, but okay. Um, Photos of mailed ballots are also banned. If you are in Alabama, Alaska, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Kansas, Massachusetts, Michigan, Mississippi, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, North Carolina, South Carolina, South Dakota, or Wisconsin... You are also forbidden to share any photos of your ballot, whether or not your face is in it. Now, those happy states where ballot selfies are allowed are Connecticut, the District of Columbia, which is not a state and should never be. But that is another story for another time. Hawaii, Idaho, Indiana, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maine, Minnesota, Montana, Nebraska, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Oregon, Rhode Island, Utah, Vermont, Virginia, Washington, and Wyoming. You may take a photo with your ballot if you would like. Then there are those states where um, it's just not... (laughs) Nobody really knows... So, uh, for example, in Iowa, there is a law which prohibits the use of cameras, cell phones, or other electronic devices in voting booths. So Secretary of State Paul Pate has asked voters not to take selfies with ballots, but photos of absentee ballots are okay. So you can't take a, a selfie if you're in a voting booth, but if you're filling out an absentee ballot, you can take a selfie with that. Hmm. Same in Maryland. In Missouri, there is a law there that prohibits voters from allowing others to see their ballots if the intent is to show how they voted. Secretary of State spokeswoman Stephanie Fleming described ballot selfies as a gray area and advised voters to check with their local election authorities on if they could take them. In Ohio, there's a long-standing prohibition against voters letting their ballot be seen with the apparent intention of letting it be known how they are about to vote. The state elections chief has advised local election boards to consult their own attorneys about how to apply the law. (sighs) In Oklahoma, officials recommend against it, noting that state law dating back 40 years suggested is illegal, but outlines no penalties. Hmm. So, in many of the states where there is not a definite yes or no, 
it's very much a, well, I guess you could take a picture of it if you're not showing anyone how you intend to vote. So, so in other words, you could take a picture uh, with the with the screen behind you or the paper ballot behind you, whatever, however it is that you're voting behind you, as long as you don't have any of the bubbles uh, filled in or the boxes checked. Um, so in the photo, you don't advise how you're planning to vote. But then when you post it on Facebook or you tweet it out, you use the caption, I'm about to vote for Hillary or I'm about to vote for Trump or I'm about to vote for whomever. Um is that also a gray area? Because you're not showing by your ballot who you and your apparent intention of who you're about to vote for. So does it ban only the photo showing that, or is it also captions for said photo when shared on social media? It's a very interesting uh, dilemma. And I feel it is only going to become more and more of an issue. I'm not really sure why... I mean, I guess for intimidation purposes, but if you've seen what happens on social media around election time, I don't really think you can be, I mean, you could be obnoxious about politics on social media and uh, your ballot has absolutely nothing to do with it. I feel that most people that would take a ballot selfie and post it have already made very clear uh, to the rest of their... Uh, to their followers who they are voting for so i'm i don't i don't necessarily understand the the issue with this it just doesn't seem like something that is relevant today perhaps once upon a time this i mean i or i'm there is the, the aspect though then of uh you know employment issues do you want everyone in the world knowing who you voted for Unless your social media accounts are set very securely and private, then you're basically letting the whole world know. So there is that aspect of it, but I feel like that's more of a personal decision, and you should have the the intelligence to make that decision on your own. You shouldn't need the government to tell you whether or not that is wise. Um, obviously, I voted here in Nevada, so I couldn't take a picture of it, but I wouldn't have wanted to anyway. Personally, I... I I'm not telling anyone who I voted for. I'll probably tell my family if they ask. But I'm not telling anyone because quite frankly, I see I see both sides of the arguments on um on my side of the of the political spectrum. I'm a Republican. I have been since I was 18 years old. It doesn't mean I always vote for Republican candidates. It means that I am a a conservative and that the Republican Party is the one national party that most aligns with my views i have not always voted for republicans that is simply the party that i affiliate with and the republican party i don't know if you all have heard but there's been a little bit of a kerfuffle going on with people that like the republican nominee and people that don't like the republican nominee and people that maybe don't like him but have chosen to vote for him anyway or people that don't like him and chosen to vote for a third party and i get it i get all the different arguments and i i just I reached a decision, oh, I don't know, about a month or so ago that it just, it, you know what, I, I respect each of the sides, and there are many uh, on the GOP side of the spectrum right now. I, I get the people that, 
that are voting for someone as a protest vote. I get the people that are voting for someone else as a protest vote. I understand those arguments. So I, you know, and I, and I agree with you. It's kind of like the old, uh, did God choose us or do we choose him? Well, the answer is yes. And the answer to the, is Trump a terrible candidate and is he our only choice? Well, the answer is yes. So, you know, I, that's, that's your decision. It's your conscience that you have to live with. I have to live with my conscience. And when people have asked me recently for advice, um, what I do is I, I have a collection of articles, both for and against, and I send them. And they're by prominent uh, figures on both sides that are strongly for or strongly against. And I say, here you go. It's your decision. It's not mine. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. That's not my job. You're the one that has to to answer for that. You're the one that has to live with that decision. So I don't don't want... uh, I wouldn't have wanted a picture of my ballot even if I could take one. But that's just, that's the conclusion that I came to. You may come to a different one. And if you do, and you live in uh, one of four states or possibly more, and you vote early and then you're like, oh man, I really wish I would have done this instead. Because my friend just made a really good point and I should change my mind about what I think. Well, you might be able to change your vote. This is a legit thing from Fox News. Early absentee voters can still change their ballots in at least four states. I never knew this. I'm a political junkie and I had no clue. Millions have already cast ballots in the presidential race, but for anyone feeling voters' remorse, a little-known election law quirk allows for a do-over in some states. At least four states allow voters to change or cancel their early absentee ballots, including battleground states of Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. The details vary from state to state. In Wisconsin, absentee voters can change their ballots as many as three times before Election Day. That's amazing. (laughs) That is amazing. Wisconsin voters have gone for the Democratic nominee in every presidential election year since 1988. This year, Republican presidential nominee Donald Trump trails Democratic nominee Hillary Clinton in the state by roughly six percentage points, according to the Real Clear Politics poll average. But Wisconsin GOP Representative Sean Duffy thinks voter concerns about Clinton, including new revelations last week about her ongoing email controversy, might encourage early absentee voters to change their minds. That's incredible. And I would keep reading the article, but my computer is frozen. Oh, there we go. Now it's unfrozen. Hard folks on the right and the left are not going to change their mind, Duffy told Fox and Friends on Tuesday. But you have these people in the middle who are ping-ponging as the information comes out. And as they have a gut check, no doubt that's going to drive them to Donald Trump and put him over the top. Wisconsin voters can either request a new mail-in ballot before 5 p.m. on November 3rd or complete a new in-person absentee ballot before 5 p.m. on November 5th. Pennsylvania also allows absentee voters to change their mind by voting in person on November 8th, Election Day. As a matter of fact, and they don't uh, mention this in the article, but in Pennsylvania, the law requires that if you vote by absentee ballot and you are present in your district on Election Day, you must go to the polling place, void your absentee ballot, and vote in person. So if you uh, complete an absentee ballot because you think you're going to be out of town 
on business during the uh, the hours of the election, then <coughs> and then you are not. But you've already submitted the absentee ballot. You have to go to the polling place, uh, have them void your absentee ballot, and vote in person. In Michigan, absentee voters can change their ballots by getting a new one from their local clerk's office by 4 p.m. on November 7th. And in Minnesota, your ballot, your uh, voters can change their ballot in three ways. But the the deadline was actually yesterday. But they could, after canceling their ballot, request a new mal- ballot or vote in person before 5 p.m. on November 7th, or vote on election day. Four states where if you've already voted and you change your mind, that's all right. You can vote again. Not again. Uh, you can you can change your vote. They'll cancel your, well, hypothetically, uh, if it's things that are working the way they should, they'll cancel your previous vote submission and you can you can submit a different vote. Crazy. All these random fun things. See, aren't you glad you tuned in today? You wouldn't know this if you hadn't. <laughs> this portion of the KVXL broadcast day is underwritten by nonprofit Hope Christian Health Center. Hope Christian Health Center exists to glorify God by demonstrating Christ's love among our Las Vegas neighbors through excellent and affordable primary health care for all. You can reach them at 702-644-HOPE or online at hopehealthvegas.org. Our thanks to Hope Christian Health Center for their support. All right, when we get back, the Colorado ballot measure that you should know about because it's most likely coming to one of your states sometime soon. And uh, a story about Pastor Saeed Abedini that you may or may not have heard, but that you should know, particularly as you get ready to go and vote. But first, we are going to play uh, Who Am I from Casting Crowns. We'll be back in just a minute. Don't go away. This is KVXL 101.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. All right, a story that uh, I heard for the first time earlier this week. You may or may not have heard it yet, but I think it's one that we should hear. It's one that you're not going to hear in the mainstream media, but, you know, as as a Christian who prayed for Pastor Saeed, uh, I found this... Um, I found this interesting, and I think you might as well. This is from ChristianToday.com. Freed pastor Saeed Abedini says Donald Trump gave $10,000 to help his family while he was suffering in Iranian jail for his faith. Iranian-American pastor Saeed Abedini is brimming with gratitude for one U.S. presidential uh, candidate, Donald Trump. In a surprising revelation, Abedini said the Republican presidential nominee helped provide for the needs of his family in Boise, Idaho, while he was locked up in an Iranian prison for his faith. The pastor said Trump gave his family $10,000 while he was in prison for three and a half years. I am finally free in a free country. Last year on the same day I was sick and in chains for Christ, and now I can vote to choose my next president, Abedini said in a post on his Facebook page on Sunday. And most amazingly, I can vote for someone that I know fought for me and called my name so many times. He met my family and gave them a $10,000 gift. I think his ideas are more biblical than the other candidates, he added. In contrast, Abedini said Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton did not do or say anything to help secure his release from Iranian prison. The pastor said Clinton never spoke his name or met his family. Now remember, Hillary was Secretary of State. American pastor in prison in Iran 
Hillary Clinton, Secretary of State in the U.S., never mentioned him or spoke to his family. As a woman who says she stands for women's rights, when she was foreign minister, she never contacted my mom, wife, sister, or my daughter. She never did anything to help when I was in prison as an American pastor who was detained in Iran as a hostage, he wrote. Abedini strongly defended Trump from attacks on his character, saying God used flawed men to lead nations in the Old Testament, likening him to to King Cyrus of Persia, a figure mentioned more than 30 times in the Bible. According to biblical experts, Cyrus was a pagan king who ruled Persia from 539 to 530 BC. Under his rule, Jews were first allowed to return to Israel after 70 years of captivity. In the past few months, we have seen how the media is attacking Donald Trump's past. I have even heard so many people say that he is not a Christian. Of course, only God knows this for sure, but what I see is that God is using him. It seems to me that he is a Cyrus of our modern day, but like you and me, he is a flawed man in the process of spiritual growth, Abedini said. The pastor pointed out that those who are condemning Trump for his past are forgetting that America is also a nation saved by grace, if you will. When we hear that this candidate or that candidate is not a strong Christian or has a past that disqualifies him to be president of the United States. My answer is that we are a nation, a people who are also uh, made, who is also made up of sinners saved by grace. Last week, Pastor Saeed Abedini said he had already cast an early vote for Trump in the 2016 presidential election. Now I'm guessing, I'm just guessing that you may not have seen that story on CNN or MSNBC or ABC or even the evening news on CBS. But while Hillary Clinton, Secretary of State, did not reach out to Pastor Saeed's family in any way, did not even mention his name while he was imprisoned as an American, held captive by Iran for three years, and Hillary did not say a word about it, let alone lift a finger to help. Donald Trump, prior to running for president met with his family, and gave them $10,000 to help out while Pastor Saeed was in prison. I, I just thought I would share that because I don't think if you are watching uh, network news that you've heard that story. All right, last thing I want to talk about today here uh, is a ballot measure in Colorado. And the reason I want to read this piece is because it's from uh, someone I greatly respect, John Stone Street from the uh, from uh, Colson Center. He's been on this program uh, in the past. He does a Breakpoint for Focus on the Family, which we air here on KVXL. And uh, he is a Colorado uh, resident. And he wrote a piece for USA Today because Colorado this year has on their ballot a measure uh, for um, to uh, an up or down vote on a physician assisted suicide is on the ballot in Colorado. And if it's on the ballot in Colorado, the reason I'm sharing this is because it is going to be on ballots elsewhere uh, in the coming years in the coming years, in coming years. And I just want to read his piece because I think it is very well written and addresses everything that I would say in regards to this issue. And if you have friends in Colorado, I would encourage you to encourage them to vote no on this proposition. 
Stone Streets writes in USA Today, several Mondays ago, the school a few miles from our offices canceled its classes. One of its students, a high school sophomore, committed suicide on campus, his lifeless body found by school security in the early morning hours. For the rest of the week, school administrators proactively flooded the school with counselors, assemblies, and other resources for students, hoping to curtail the kind of tragic chain reaction that happened in high schools across our city the year before. As educators know, suicide is contagious. Twice as many students killed themselves in our town of Colorado Springs in 2015 than 2014. Colorado in fact, has one of the highest suicide rates in the country. Last year, 1,000 Colorado students took their own lives. And then there's the military. The Colorado Springs Gazette won a Pulitzer a few years ago for its coverage of the post-traumatic stress uh, disorder epidemic at Fort Fort Carson. Perhaps you've participated in the push-up challenge, one push-up for each of the 20 veterans who take their own lives each and every day in this country. And yet on the Colorado ballot this year is Proposition 106, which would legalize doctor-assisted suicide in our state. The End of Life Options Act is modeled after the law passed last year in California. There are a number of reasons to oppose this particular initiative, even if one is not personally opposed to the idea of assisted suicide. It would introduce insurance companies and their financial interests into a patient's most vulnerable medical decisions. Coroners would be forced to lie on the death certificate about the cause of a patient's demise. And there is no requirement of medical supervision and the administration of the lethal prescription allowing for third-party pressure on the most vulnerable. This is just the wrong act. After all, you can always say yes later, but you can't say no later. And yet, as a citizen of Colorado, none of those issues troubles me as much as the message Proposition 106 gives to students, veterans, and others struggling to find the will to live. We already have a suicide problem in this state. Now is not the time for the state to officially endorse it. This is not only the wrong act, it's the wrong act at the wrong time. After all, how will we tell students who watch Grandma fix her suffering with suicide that it's not the answer for theirs? Proponents of Proposition 106 dismiss this concern, saying this is about alleviating physical pain, not mental anguish. They point to the fact that two doctors must affirm that a patient only has six months to live. However, many people have outlived their doctor's timeline, and more important, we know from two decades of watching Oregon that patients list psychological pain more often than physical pain as their reason for choosing death. And yet only rarely are patients considering assisted suicide sent for psychiatric evaluation in the decision process. Our 21st century techniques of physical pain management and palliative care are excellent and do nothing to compromise the primary calling of doctors to care and not to kill. Proposition 106 would change that. Instead of treating the mental condition rendering patients unable to deal with their physical conditions, doctors will look around the real problem and offer what is a final solution all in the name of compassion. If Proposition 106 passes, Colorado will send tragic messages to its citizens. We will be telling those with terminal illness that they shouldn't burden anyone else with their care. We will be telling those in the medical community that killing is a form of care. And we will be telling vulnerable students, veterans, and others that death is a solution they should consider. That's why I will vote no on Proposition 106. John Stonetree is the president of the Chuck Colson Center for Christian Worldview that's based in Colorado Springs. And he wrote this piece in USA Today. And one of the things that I 
love about Stone Street is that he can uh, write a piece for a paper like USA Today uh, from a, a biblical perspective, if you will, without even letting the audience know that he's writing from a biblical perspective. And that's something that we as Christians, when we're engaging the culture, um, sometimes we assume that people speak Christianese or that they should have our definition of what is right and wrong simply because the Bible says so. But oftentimes we're trying to engage the culture uh, using language and, and reasoning that they simply do not grasp because they have not grown up in church because they do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so one of the things that Stone Street is able to do in this article and that he does in, in much of his work in engaging culture is that he presents a truth without his audience even knowing that the the basis behind his truth is Jesus. Now he would he's he's one of the strongest Christians that I know. But we cannot always uh, convince culture or those outside the church that they should do this because it is right because the Bible says so. Sometimes we have to be able to explain it without using the Bible. Does that make sense? Now, we should always know how to explain and give an answer for anything using Scripture. But if you want to truly impact the culture, sometimes you have to know how to present an argument without using an actual Bible verse as your reason. And Stone Street, I think, has done that exceptionally well in this piece in USA Today. And again, I would encourage you, if you have friends in Colorado, ask them to vote no on Proposition 106. And it's, it's life, life is too precious and too valuable for us to continue down this self-destructive path that we began, I believe, with Roe v. Wade. But I don't have time to continue on that. Uh, I am very much out of time. So if you would like to hear more, you can go check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud. Just search the Fertile Show. Boom, you're there. In fact, if you would like to, you can subscribe on iTunes so that anytime a new show is put up on the podcast, it will just come to you automatically like magic, except not at all because it's technology and the whole thing can be explained. But if you want to think of it as magic, you can do that. Uh, and we'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. This is 101. One FM Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church here in Las Vegas. And we're going to go out today with Steve Green and the mission. Hope to see you all back here again tomorrow. Have a great day, everyone.